Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. I'm Mike Carter, and I'm joined tonight again by Mike Bozich. And uh, Mike, we've got a star-studded show. It's going to be a great event, but uh, it, it's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, it's a busy show today, Mike Carter. We certainly appreciate everybody joining us on this edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. Ellen Harvey is going to stop by here in just a couple of minutes, the USTA's very own. She's going to talk a little bit about the USTA Standard Bread Driving School that's taking place in the first part of June. Mike, you ever wanted to be a driver? You know, I, I've thought about it a couple of times. I've thought about actually taking the class, so uh, it would be interesting to uh, interesting to do that. I've always wanted to be a driver. As a matter of fact, that's what I wanted to be getting into the business. Wanted to be a driver. I didn't want to be an announcer. I wanted to be a driver for crying out loud. Let the truth come out. I used to be one of those kids who used to curl up the program and use it like a whip and, and all that kind of stuff. But anyway, Ellen Harvey is going to be joining us. They also have a an ownership seminar coming up at Harrington. She'll uh, talk on that as well. One of your guys, Mike Kurt Sugg, drives uh, at Northfield Park on a regular basis, and he just picked up his 3,000th driving win at uh, Miami Valley just a couple of nights ago, and he's going to be joining us on the program as well. We'll talk to him about that accomplishment as well as uh, about his career in the sport of harness racing. And, Mike, a great story, just an absolute great story to be told uh, by our guest coming at the bottom of the hour, Jennifer Falcone. She's going to talk to us a little bit about a horse by the name of Ugly Betty. And and maybe you read it in the USDA. It was a tremendous article. And, Mike, when we saw that, we knew we had to get her on the show because it was a real touching story. Yeah, definitely. Ugly Betty's uh, done a lot of great things in western New York at Buffalo Raceway and Batavia Downs. And trainer Jennifer Falcone has worked very hard to get her where she is. So it's going to be exciting to uh, – Exciting to hear the story of Ugly Betty. It's not a pretty one but to start off with, but the amazing comeback that this mare has made is unbelievable, and you will not want to miss it. That's at the bottom of the hour, approximately 730. 
Emma Wahlberg will be joining us. This will be our first in our continuing series of uh, Racing Under Saddle. And uh, Racing Under Saddle may be new to a lot of people, but it's uh, something I think that's going to catch on. And Emma Wahlberg, one of its participants, uh, will be joining us to talk a little bit about that in our first uh, of our continuing series about Racing Under Saddle that you'll be hearing on this program for the next month and a half or so. And, Mike, we've got the voice. If you're not on your feet, you better get up now. Well, not now, but, I mean, maybe in about an hour or so. Because Roger Houston will be joining us on this program, and he is a post-time uh, with Mike and Mike Award winner, and we really we did interview him on that particular show, but we really didn't have a chance to sit down with him and uh, kind of hear about how he got started and, and uh, all the great things that Roger accomplished. So that's going to be coming up uh, right at the top of the hour. We're definitely heading into overtime. Not really uh, too much Grand Circuit action this week. I think the Confederate Cup might be it. As far as Grand Circuit action, wiggle it, jiggle it in action north of the border. We'll take a look at that particular race that's on Sunday at Flamborough in the Confederation Cup. And Pinkman is uh, making his 2016 debut as well, coming up at the Meadowlands. So plenty, plenty on this edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by uh, presented by Bet America. And when we come back, we're going to talk to Ellen Harvey. When we come back on Post Time with Mike and Mike. Hey, I'm Chantel Sutherland-Cruz and want to tell you all about BetAmerica.com. It's the coolest place to bet on horse racing on over 200 racetracks from America and around the world. New players receive a 100% bonus on your first deposit, up to $300. That's the best sign-up bonus available today. It's time to play the Bet America way. Friends of Maryland Standard Breads is an industry support group focused on promoting harness racing in Maryland. Friends of Maryland Standard Breads works hand-in-hand with charities involving children and horses, such as the Harness Horse Youth Foundation. Friends of Maryland Standard Breads is actively involved with organizations such as the Maryland Horse Council and the Maryland Horse Industry Board, working together to promote the horse industry in Maryland. Follow Friends of Maryland Standard Breads on Twitter and like them on Facebook. We're back on this edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by MetAmerican. Right now, we're joined by our good friend over at the U.S. Trotting Association, Ellen Harvey. Ellen, how are you on this fine evening? I'm just fine, gentlemen. Lovely to be on with you. I hope the weather is as nice over there as it is over here. Now, you're in Ohio, right? No, I'm actually um, in central New Jersey. We are about the Meadowlands, and if I were Tom Brady or Ben Roethlisberger, in my case, because that's where my allegiances lie, I could probably throw football to Freehold Raceway. How about that? Sounds fantastic. Oh, Freehold, love that place. Well, Ellen, we've got some uh, great things coming up uh, as far as uh, the U.S. trotting is concerned and their involvement, and the first of which is uh, something I'll tell you what. If I wasn't an announcer and if I wasn't busy and if I wasn't working, I'd be, be there. It's the USTA Standard Bread Driving School. Tell us all about it. Oh, it's it's a great, great experience, and I'll tell you, Mike, if you if you forgot about Mother's Day and you're still in trouble for that, or if you want to get a jump on Father's Day, it's a great gift for your mom or dad, because anybody 16 and up can participate. It's June 1st through the 4th at those hallowed grounds that you'll probably talk about a little more later on, the Delaware, Ohio Fairgrounds, just north of Columbus, Ohio. And it's really kind of a fantasy camp from June 1st to the 4th. They start on Wednesday evening, 
June 1 and wrap it up on Saturday where you get right out there in the barn every morning and you'll learn how to muck a stall and clean water buckets and hitch up the horse and put the bridle on and everybody gets a chance at, at the lines as well. And it's, it's a chance to uh, see what it's like on the other side of the fence there for the first time for a lot of people. Yeah, and they're going to have, I believe, George Teague is going to speak there as well, right? Yes, absolutely. Uh, George Teague is going to speak. Um, it's it's uh, really a, a wonderful place to um, get, get your feet wet for the first time and to learn from somebody like George, who although he grew up in the sport for and is uh, a few decades old now, he until just recently wasn't playing with a real big checkbook. Do a lot of analysis of try to get the best value for your money, and, and George was somebody who use those skills to really work his way up the ladder and is now playing at a, at a real high level. But um, he was a, a, a one-man band, you know, did all his own shipping, and, and he and his sister and, and their mom and dad ran the stable together, and he's now uh, obviously coming back with the horse of the year. But, but it's great to learn these kinds of things almost from the horse's mouth. Certainly, visiting with Ellen Harvey from the USTA. Now, Ellen, uh, this is uh, how long you guys how long have you guys been doing this uh, driving school? It's been for a little bit, right? Jesus, I think this is year fifteen or sixteen, somewhere along those lines. We have hundreds of graduates, and I'm very happy to say that quite a few of them have gone on either as amateurs or gone on as um, as owners, and and a few have have graduated to getting their A level licenses and as a trainer and driver and and are making a living at it. It's, uh, it cuts across the, the whole age spectrum. We're very lucky that, unlike thoroughbred racing, where you really have to be about 110 or 20 pounds and extremely fit, just about anybody who's reasonably uh, uh, fit um, can get up behind a horse. And, and our horses are smaller, not, not quite so tall, and their temperaments lend themselves to somebody who's not an absolute ace, ace horseman and can learn their way through things. Um, so it, it, it's wonderful in that regard because if you think you don't even have to think you want to be John Campbell someday or George Teague someday, if you think you want to get a look at what life is like on the other side of the fence or in the backstretch, even just as a fan, it's a wonderful way to get a little bit more insight how hard it is to get these animals to do you know what we think we have in mind for them. Now, Ellen, you said this is uh, about 15 or 16 years old. Who, who exactly came up with this? Uh, this is a great idea, and I love it personally, but who, uh, who was the mastermind behind this program? You know, i, I got to say, I think it's probably my colleague Chip Hastings, who's our regulatory li- liaison down in Ohio. He has been uh, a state steward, a judge, that sort of thing in the past. And, you know, I think that, that all of us in the sport underestimate how powerful our animals are as a as a draw for people. It's you know you know Winston Churchill with his expression about the outside of a horse being good for an inside of the man. It's very hard to think about and worry about your your job, your mortgage, the guy next door who's annoying you with his lawnmower. You know, spending time with a horse is a way to just turn off your brain and do nothing but think about that horse and their needs. And it's um, something that. Chip started a few years, well, many years ago at this point, and now uh, we're all reaping the benefits of that. Not only is the USDA Standard Bread Driving School coming up, Ellen, but there's also an owner's seminar coming up at Harrington. Uh, you want to tell us a little bit about that? I sure will. Well, the, um, the folks down at Harrington Raceway in Delaware are putting together a very educational day on the 21st of May. Um, it is, um, again, for anybody who's interested in finding out what ownership is all about. You know, how much does it cost? What can go right? What can go wrong? 
how should I become involved, you know, just as a rookie for the first time, um, what are my options? You know, not everybody wants to buy a yearling and try to win the, the Hamiltonian, and that's probably pretty far reach for somebody who's just starting out, but just about anybody can join one of the fractional ownership groups that's around or put together a little group with their with their friends and their family. And uh, the folks at the Delaware Standard Bread Owners Association are going to give people the option to do that on the 21st of May right there at the racetrack. It's going to start at 1 o'clock in the afternoon and will run till about 4. And actually, it's, it's only $10 to sign up, and it comes with a tremendous bonus. If you come back on that Monday, which would be the – 23rd, they're going to treat you to a steak dinner and a night at the races and a program and everything that goes with that. So it's really a great value. That's one of the great things about harness racing, Ellen, is that you can be as involved as you want to be. And, you know, a lot of people, I guess kind of the marketing aspect of it, a lot of people think, well, we need more gamblers. And, and that is true. No question about it. We certainly do. But, you know, we also need more involvement from, uh, you know, potential owners, potential drivers. And uh, a lot of people seem to forget, Ellen, that, you know, the, the clubhouses used to be packed with owners. And uh, that is uh, certainly taking a toll on the sport as well oh well, you're you're absolutely right it's uh i think we've we've all seen and we know anecdotally that almost everybody who's a racing fan um went to the races for the first time with a friend with a family member it's uh it's it, for, certainly for the serious gambler who needs a lot of time to handicap between the races it's a real cerebral pursuit for most people it's a social occasion and it's the same thing with opening with owning a horse a lot of people will start out owning horses with friends or family or join into another group and you know you 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 have fun times together and when things go wrong you console each other together so it it can be a great social event as well and um you know you can't buy the a football team you can't buy a basketball team but you can get a race horse uh and and manage it you know not not a lot differently than you'd manage a franchise. You, you don't, and fortunately, you make your own schedule in, in harness racing. You're not stuck whatever the league gives you. But there's a, a chess game. You've got to move the pieces around on the board, work with your trainer, try to find a place where your horse can win. It's a, it's a cerebral exercise. Uh, and um, I don't know, is it better than putting your money on Wall Street? It's a lot more fun, I'm sure of that. Absolutely. Alan, we certainly appreciate you joining us, and we're looking forward to these big two events coming up. That sounds great. Anybody who wants more information or who wants to sign up can just email owners at ustrotting.com. That's owners at ustrotting.com, and we can get you uh, signed up for either of those events, June 1 to 4 for Owner School and May 21 for Harrington. Thank you, guys. All right, Ellen. Have a good one. All right. Bye-bye. That was Ellen Harvey from the United States Trotting Association. Big deal. I mean, like I say, I mean, the U.S. Standardbred Driving School, it's a fantastic deal. Uh, it's in, Listen, I know a lot of people that wanted to be drivers when, when they were growing up. I mean, a bunch of us kids used to hang out on the apron at Balmoral Park, and that's what we used to do. We, we weren't calling races, Mike. We had, we had our programs rolled up, and we were racing the horses and racing ourselves <laughs> and, and whipping our legs, and, and uh, it's a great thing. And that and owning a horse, uh, you know, two, uh, two great, great experiences. And uh, listen, if you guys are interested or if you're on the brink, any of our listeners, definitely look into one of these two programs because, Mike, it's, uh, it's a great thing. And, uh, you know, it, in a lot of cases, it could be a dream come true. Yeah, definitely. Uh, you know, I've looked into, you know, the stable.ca and a couple of those ventures that uh, it's definitely interesting and it's definitely worth a look, you know, some of the owner seminars to try to get involved with the sport. 
Driver Kurt Sugg is on the on-deck circle, and we'll hear from him next on Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. Embroidery Unlimited is a premier provider of quality embroidery, screen printing, and promotional products. Our commitment to quality and pride in our work is second to none. We focus on quality and customer service. For all of your stable or business needs, Embroidery Unlimited is the number one provider in harness racing. Give Jim Winsky a call at 508-485-5522. That's 508-485-5522. Or visit them on the internet at EmbroideryUNL.com. That's EmbroideryUNL.com. Embroidery Unlimited. Here at The Stable, our mission is to provide fair market for owners of yearlings while giving investors the most informative way to purchase all of or part of a horse. The Stable will cater to all budgets by having an open fractional buying market and a flat rate billing system. At The Stable, we aim to minimize the risk in buying and maximize the benefit of selling. Visit thestable.ca or give Anthony McDonald a call at 519-400-4263. That's 519-400-4263. It's thestable.ca. Welcome back to Post Time with Mike and Mike. Mike Carter alongside of Mike Bozich, and we're joined now by driver Kurt Sugg. And Kurt, I got the luxury of calling win 3,001, but not win number uh, 3,000. How was it to get that win uh, off your shoulders at Miami Valley this weekend? Uh, it was actually pretty nice. Um, tell you the truth, uh, I didn't really kind of hit me that that was 3,000. Until I got back over to the winter circle, and I'm like, oh, I finally done it, you know, because uh, Wednesday night at Northfield uh, was a long night there. I thought I had one of my own was going to do it, and uh, you made a break on top by a couple in the last turn, so that was a little disappointing. And uh, But it was nice to get it with a Marty Wollum horse. Uh, that uh, He provides me with some quality stock to drive in the fire stakes. Kurt Sugg, Mike Bozich here. We certainly appreciate you joining us once again on behalf of all of us here at Post Time with Mike and Mike. Uh, congratulations on your 3,000th win. Now, listen, is that something that um, the drivers think about? Like, you know, you watch baseball, and a lot of these guys are trying to get their milestones for hits or milestones for home runs, and sometimes it could be a monkey on, on their back to try to, you know, get it out of the way, and then after that they just go on a tear. Kind of like you have, actually. You've been red hot over the last couple of days you've gotten that win but is that something that you think about or is that just kind of something that hey it's everyday business well uh leading up to it i say it was pretty much everyday business but uh as you said um when i got down to that one last on tuesday night i win the last race at northfield i needed one more uh my wife and some friends they come up to northfield the next day and uh like i said a ninth race was my horse i had it win, win a race all night long one one to nine and uh or one to five i thought he was going to uh win that race and he jumped it off in the last turn and i ended up having a pretty rough night that night and uh so i guess it was a little bit of monkey on my back and now i got it over and uh i've had a real good week since then so well well kurt i gotta tell you i sort i i think i sort of jinxed you a little bit because uh that night i had i had my jacket on 
I had the sign in my hand, and I looked up and went, "Oh man, this is this this." I guess it wasn't meant to happen uh, on Wednesday. But uh, Kirk, talk to us a little bit about how you got into the business and uh, you know how you got into driving. I mean, you you've been in the sport uh, quite a while. And, uh, I'm sure there's a little bit of a backstory behind that. Well, yeah. Um, actually, I've grown up with it. Uh, my grandfather raced horses, uh, maybe starting back in the late '50s. And uh, so, my grandfather, both my father and my uncle, both raced horses, and uh, that's all my dad ever did. Now, my uncle did get a job uh, working for the state uh, later on in his life, but so I've never had a job except for helping my dad when I was younger. I started jogging my horse, first horse when I was uh, nine years old. And uh, I worked for my dad till 1995. And I had an opportunity to go out and train on my own. And I'd done that. And uh, so it's pretty much just a family affair being a third generation horseman. You know, Kurt, everybody, every driver, uh, every trainer that we've talked to has always had their favorite horse or their best horse. What was your, what's been your favorite horse to drive to this point? Well, uh, I had a trotter by the name of Dunkster who was by Striking Sabra. He was uh, a great horse. He made, uh, I think, right at 900000 maybe a little more, went about 90 races. Um, he was a true pleasure to drive. And uh, if he he was on the lead, he was very tough to beat. And he, he was ultra tough in Ohio. I mean, he, he went out and raced uh, the Nat Ray. He was invited to that, you know, had some tougher company there. But I did win the Diger to Osborne with him when he was uh, – that was in 2007, I believe, I win the Diger with him. Now, Kurt, you've got some good sire stakes horses coming up in 2016. Are there uh, any big horses that you're looking forward to uh, to driving and uh, or training this year? Well, uh, I guess I win with Overdress the other night in the three-year-old Colt Trot. And last year I win with the two-year-old Philly Trotter, Marty Woolham's Count on Cami. I win the sire stake final with her and uh, – she raced Friday night at Miami Valley, finished fourth. Maybe it wasn't quite as sharp as uh, she was at the end of last year, but I'm looking forward to uh, the horses I had last year racing in the Sire Stakes because I had a really successful Sire Stakes year uh, last year, and I'm hoping to get some nice two-year-olds here to drive for us this year. You know, Kurt, such a long time coming. Slots uh, in expanded gaming has finally come to Ohio, and I know you guys – uh, have really been fighting the good fight there for a long, long time. It was well-deserved. Obviously, the purses have gone up. Certainly, the outlook's gone up. Uh, a couple of different tracks have opened or relocated. Kurt, from your perspective, talk about the positive impact that expanded gaming and uh, what it's brought to uh, the state of Ohio. Well, uh, definitely for the r- racing industry. I mean, we were starving here at Northfield Park. We were racing for $1,500. And uh, I guess it was just for the love of people staying in it. But uh, you can see the prosperity everywhere. Uh, Greg Kaidel was at Northfield last night. He's the race secretary at Dayton and Miami Valley. I mean, they just had a great uh, ending to their year. He said they ended up with still money in the first account. He thinks they're going to go for 30% more even next year. And uh, compared, they think they'll be comparable to Scioto Downs uh, versus. So uh, everything here is a lot better. And I know it helps in the local economy, too. I mean, I bought a couple new trucks last year and a new car where I don't think that was going to be possible uh, if we didn't get some kind of help from the VLTs. 
Well, that's the thing. And, I mean, that's, you know, one of the great things about uh, slots and revenue is, is that, you know, horsemen – they they put right back into the economy. I mean, you talk about buying feed and and straw and everything else and sulkies and equipment and trucks, like you were saying. And obviously, you keep your horses here and in, uh, in state, and it's it's really a great thing. But Kurt, I want to switch gears for you. a couple more questions before we let you go. And uh, I know Amy Holler has been doing this Facebook Live thing, and it's been great. There's been a lot of people that have really started to do that at their particular tracks uh, over the last month. But one of the great things, Kurt, that I like is there's a lot of camaraderie, uh, it seems like, in the driver's room between, you know, between guys like you and Jason and Aaron Merriman and Ronnie Rand Jr. Uh, It seems like it's a really good group of guys there. Uh, Yeah, you could probably – compare Northfield's uh, driver's room to um, a playground at the ele- any elementary school uh, you could go to. <laughs> I mean, we're, we're all in there, and uh, we have a good time, and you better have a thick skin when you walk in there, because uh, you're going to get it from somebody, you know, uh, if you're having a bad night, you know, you're going to get road on that, I mean, uh, everybody takes it pretty good, you know, but uh, like I said, you're going to get some ribbon from somebody, and uh, it, it's really a great time to uh when I go to Northfield, I just have a great time uh, working. Yeah, that's really that's really awesome to see that. Uh, what's ahead in uh, 2016 and beyond for one Kurt Suck? Um, pretty much just doing what I've been doing. I, I like to say I love racing at Northfield, and so uh, obviously the purses are better at Toyota, but uh, Northfield's only about an hour from my house, and uh, I have a good time there. And uh, I like training a couple colts you know and uh, i got some older horses now some pretty decent older horses i've been racing that my wife and daughter own and um i'm just going to be happy to keep doing uh the same thing that i've been doing all right kurt sug listen we really appreciate you joining us congratulations on congratulations on getting your 3000th win and uh, obviously we're looking forward to many many more my friend okay thank you very much all right, that was uh, Kurt Sugg, driver at uh, your neck of the woods, Mike Carter, Northfield Park. Just picked up his 3,000th driving win. Had to do it at Miami Valley, Mike. You really put the jinx on him. He had the sign on, the <laughs> yeah. suit on, and, and uh, you know, and of course, uh, he wasn't able to get the job done because you put the jinx on him, Mike. So we certainly appreciate yeah. that. But <laughs> nonetheless, uh, Kurt, fantastic guy. Uh, Kurt Sugg's been around a long time. Family, of course, uh, in harness racing for quite a while. And uh, like we say, Mike, and uh, you're there now, but um obviously we remember the the many years where other jurisdictions were legalizing expanded gaming at racetracks and ohio really was one of the track one of the jurisdictions that had to stick it out and had to wait their turn and the horsemen there were extremely extremely loyal and uh, it's good to see them racing for good money with some great horses out on those uh, racetracks mike yeah definitely i mean you know, without uh, some of that expanded gaming, you know, who knows, you know, the Battle of Lake Erie might not be around now. Um, and some of those bigger races, Miami Valley, Dayton, uh, it, Ohio has really prospered over the past couple of years uh, and beyond. And Mike, the breeding game here in Ohio, you, I, I just, I keep saying it, you keep, you wait about three or four years. And I got to think that Ohio is going to be uh, maybe potentially the next New York when it comes to breeding. 
Well, and it was very important, Mike, for the state of Ohio to get its act together and get expanded gaming because, um, you know, and not to say other states don't have a really strong audience base, uh, but Ohio really has a strong harness racing fan base. And I don't think you have to look any farther than Delaware, Ohio, for proof of that. So it was very important that Ohio gets got expanded gaming. They did. And uh, it's uh, certainly, certainly terrific to see the state of Ohio I uh, get expanded gaming and, and racing for uh, just some fantastic purses. So we've got a lot more to come on this edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike presented by Bet America. Jennifer Falcone, trainer, will be joining us, and uh, she's got a f- terrific story to tell. If you haven't read the USDA article, uh, it's quite a story about one of her horses, Ugly Betty. And actually, she's quite a story to her, right? So we're going to talk to Jennifer. We also have uh, the first of our uh, ongoing series, or what's going to be ongoing, about racing under saddle at about 745 or so. We're going to hear from Emma Wahlberg from Racing Under Saddle and uh, or Team Monty. They call it Team Monty overseas, so we're going to have to kind of get the explanation of that. And, of course, we've got the voice, Roger Houston, will be joining us uh, at uh, the top of the hour, Mike. Yeah, definitely. Uh, but coming up next, we have the uh, the touching story of Ugly Betty, uh, who just won last night at Buffalo Raceway. And many of you may have read the story on the United States Trotting Association website. We've got Jennifer Falcone coming up next on the backside of this commercial. We'll be right back. This is Mike Bozich with Harness Racing's newest podcast, Post Time with Mike and Mike. Our goal is to positively promote the sport of harness racing. Every horse has a story to tell, whether a claimer or a stakes horse, and we plan on telling those stories here on this program. If you would like to advertise on Post Time with Mike and Mike, send us an email at ptmikeandmike at yahoo.com for more information. Also, like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at ptmikeandmike1. Listen to a brand new broadcast every Thursday at 1 p.m., Any prior episodes can be listened on demand as well. Log on to www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash PT Mike and Mike. Once again, that's www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash PT Mike and Mike. And thanks so much for listening. Every dream has a start. And this one is ours. To trot and pace fast, faster than all the others, and maybe faster than any horse ever has. With every stride, 1,200 pounds of pure equine determination. In every turn, there's a tale. Every bet is a hope. No five-year returns, no annuities, 401ks, return on investment. Maybe they say that the odds are against you. But you know nothing great comes easy. Winners don't second guess. They sprint through openings and dig in deeper when the going's tough. No horse ever rides alone. The owners, the driver, the groom, and you. There are no sidelines here. The world is often full of many compromises, but not here. Not on this day, not in this race, not with this horse, not in this sport. Once you feel it, it becomes you. Once you become it, your dream becomes ours. This is Harness Racing. 
We welcome you to the Harness Racing Fan Zone. See it all for yourself. Feel it in all the passion. Share that experience with others. And be a part of it all. The Harness Racing Fan Zone puts you in the driver's seat. to post time with Mike and Mike, Mike Carter, alongside of Mike Bozich. And uh, joining us now is uh, somebody who became a very good friend of mine while I was in Buffalo and uh, has a great story about Ugly Betty. You're coming fresh off a win last night, and it's Jennifer Falcone joining us. Jen, uh, how's it going tonight? Hey, guys. How are you? Not too bad. Well, Jen, you're coming off a uh, big victory last night with Ugly Betty, uh, the, the strong mare does it again, and we're, we're going to get to Ugly Betty in just a little bit, but Jennifer, tell us, a, or Jen, tell us a little bit about how you got into the sport and uh, how, you, how you got around horses. Um, I've actually been around horses my entire life. Um, before I was even born, my mom had race horses, and so I was kind of born into it. Um, I used to actually have riding horses and did all that fun stuff with five-gated horses or gaming horses and everything, and now I'm back into the standard breads. I used to take care of them all as babies because uh, we, we had a lot of um, breeding horses, so I was in charge of bringing up all the babies, and it was a lot of fun. And you've done uh, a lot of different things, too. Reading the USDA article, it's a fantastic article, by the way. And if uh, for those of you that haven't had a chance to check it out, go on to the USDA and do a search, uh, uh, Jennifer Falcone, and uh, it'll come up. Uh, but we talked about, and Mike Carter led uh, the interview off with uh, about a horse by the name of Ugly Betty. Now, tell us, in your words, the Ugly Betty story. Well, um, I actually, I raised, we raised Betty's, we had her grandmother, so then we had her mom, who, I mean, I we brought up as a baby, and I remember Red Road Rage, we used to call her Lucy. Um, and mom was partners with Karen and Joe Houdon up in Canada. So Joe agreed to, we shipped the broodmares up to Joe, and um, Betty was born up there. Um, and Joe and Karen loved her. She was a very big, tough, strong Ellie. Um, so, and then, um, after a while, she ended up coming back down to the States and that's when we got her down here. Now, Jen, um, when, when she was in Canada, you know, uh, obviously she raced, you know, some up there, but, um, tell us a little bit about, you know, what happened up there. I know USTA kind of left, uh, that part of the story out just a little bit, but, uh, and then tell us how you got her back into racing. It's, it's an amazing, uh, what I would call comeback story, uh, for this mare. Um, well, Betty, on mid-September of 2010, she was, um, warming up for one of her Ontario Sire Stakes, a grassroots um, grass semifinals, and she was struck by the water truck. Um, it did serious damage to her neck, chest, and uh, her stifle. Um, she was knocked to the ground. She was basically pronounced dead on the track. Um, Joe Houdon was driving her, who was also her trainer at the time, and um, she actually saved Joe's life because she took the truck head on. Um, they ended up 
a doctor, um, Paul Branton, he actually spent over three hours stitching her back up at um, Sarnia. And she got up after that, and she ended up spending a bunch of time in on in stall rest, obviously, because she couldn't move around and everything. And but she um, she started coming back. It was doing well after that um, in the following year, in the beginning of the year, and she just wasn't coming back as strong as she needed to to compete with those with the horses she was competing with prior to the accident. So um, Joe actually called my mom and asked if we wanted to try her down here in the States, and we said yeah, and so she got shipped down to me, and she's had other trainers, but I've been alongside them and every day with her, and she's turned out to be the most amazing horse that I've ever known. She's very tough. <laughs> so to get this clear, she was head-on into a water truck in Canada, she was pronounced dead on the racetrack. She was able to survive that miraculously somehow, probably saving the driver in doing so and taking the taking the hit. And she right. has come back to uh, be a very, very fine racehorse. I mean, obviously, she's doing fantastic things. Uh, obviously, you have to find uh, a lot of inspiration in, in, in her and what she's overcome. Oh, yes. I, I think she's absolutely amazing. Every day I look at her, and I still can't believe that she survived that accident. Um, a lot of horses would have, I mean, the she was bleeding so bad from the shaft of the race bike snapped off and went through her neck, and she was laying there basically bleeding out. And a lot of horses would not have survived what she went through, but she's definitely determined. <laughs> That's unbelievable. It's a, it's a fantastic story, and like I say, it's on the USTA, U.S. Trotting. If you get a chance, check it out. Visiting with uh, trainer Jennifer uh, Falcone here on Post Time with Mike and Mike, uh, presented by our good friends at Bet America. Let's talk a little bit uh, about you for a second. Now, obviously, you're, you're back in the business, uh, but you were kind of in and out, and according to the USTA article, a little, uh, a little tentative about taking the uh, trainer's test, huh? Yeah, I've done show horses, and I've done actually all different kinds of things. Um, one thing I've always hated my entire life was actually taking tests. I, I fear I will know the stuff that I'm taking the test on, but when it comes down to it, I panic and think that I'm wrong and answer the questions wrong. So I don't like, I don't like taking tests. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't either. I don't think I've ever passed one. Mike, <laughs> Mike, you want to <laughs> chime in on this? We're talking about tests here and I, I don't think I've ever passed a test to be quite honest with you. Listen, I'm at least I passed the one that wasn't graded on a curve. <laughs> I, I'm surprised I passed my umpire's test the other day. I tell you, I'm a horrible test taker. Uh, you know, I, I was that kid that could study all day, and then the the test would come, and I would immediately freak out. And the kid that slept next to me would ace it every time. I don't know. Well, Jen, tell us a little bit uh, about your uh, stable. I know you've got some great horses uh, that you're super proud of, uh, September Hall being one of them. Uh, Our friend Grin is another good one. Uh, Talk to us a little bit about uh, some of the other horses that you have in your stable and uh, how they're doing. Well, um, actually, right now we have um, Son of Nordic, September Hall, um, and Betty are the only ones racing right now. Oh, and don't sweat my swag. Sorry, I almost forgot about the little guy. Um, I Grin um, blew his left front suspensory, so right now he's just been a pet, and I've been riding him, and 
he likes hanging out with his sister, Betty, so he's pretty happy <laughs> with being a pet. <laughs> oh, that's terrific. Jennifer, uh, what's ahead for uh, Jen Falcone in the 2016 and uh, beyond? And also, do you have any long-term goals? Uh, is there any kind of dream race or anything that you'd uh, that you'd like to take down before uh, before your career is over? Well, um, I hope all my horses stay sound and do well for the rest of the year and you know their racing career. Um, I, to be honest, want to. I hope when Betty has a baby, we get for the little brown jug and stuff like that. <laughs> That sounds fantastic. That sounds terrific. Jen, we certainly appreciate you joining us on this edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike. Best of luck to you, and uh, I'm sure Ugly Betty is going to put a lot more W's in that win column before it's all said and done. All right. I also thank you so much. All right, that was Jen Falcone, uh, trainer of uh, Ugly Betty. Just a terrific, terrific story. Uh, And uh, like I say, and I know I said this about three or four or five times already, but it's worth repeating again and again. If you haven't had a chance to to read the story about Ugly Betty, of course you listen to it, and you might not be paying complete attention when you're listening to the the program, but if you want to read more into it, check out that USDA article about uh, Jen and Ugly Betty because it is a tremendous article, and Mike, it's a tremendous, tremendous comeback story. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I've had the luxury of following... Apparently... Did the train decide to go Sorry, I'm I'm getting run over by a train here, but go ahead. (laughs) Well, you know, listen, I had the luxury of calling Ugly Betty for two years, and just when you think, you know, thought she might, you know, might be down and out, she'd come firing back, and that's just how she was, and, you know, Ugly Betty is a... uh, is an amazing comeback story to be pronounced dead on the racetrack and to just boom, hop up like nothing ever happened. It's uh, it's definitely a heartwarming story and we're glad that we were able to share it. I almost had my ugly Betty moment with this train that just passed by. Good grief. It seems like they're getting closer and closer. For those of you that don't know, here in the Elkton headquarters, uh, it's right by some railroad tracks. So, uh, you know, and it was a little warm out today, Mike. I got to tell you, finally had a nice day here in the area after about two weeks straight of 50 and rain and uh, happened to, had to open up the window and uh, had a little bit of an ambitious Amtrak driver who uh, couldn't get enough of the horn. But uh, that's that's fantastic. <laughs> Great story, and we certainly appreciate Jennifer Falcone joining us here on this edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. Mike, we've got plenty left to come. It's going to be our first uh, series, first in our ongoing series about racing under saddle. We're going to be joined by Emma Wahlberg here in just a few minutes. She's going to talk about exactly what racing under saddle is and uh, where it's going on, where you can catch it, and uh, hey, if you happen to be interested in uh, trying to partake, they got a great seminar. Uh, coming up at Winback Farms. We're going to hear more about that in just a moment. Also, at the top of the hour, just about 16 or 17 minutes short away from the voice of harness racing, as I like to call him, Roger Houston. He's going to be joining us right at about 8 o'clock, pushing us into overtime. And uh, he's a post-time with Mike and Mike Award when we really didn't have a chance when we interviewed him on the show to really sit down and, and uh, talk to Roger about, uh, you know, when he was growing up and maybe some of uh, his reasoning uh, to get behind the mic and just some of the great stories that he has. And, and we know, heck, we, all the stories that Roger could tell us, we probably would have to have a seven or eight hour show, all the great <laughs> announcing stories and all the great places that he's announced at and uh, some of the people that he's met. So we're going to have a sit down and we're going to, we're going to really get to know Roger at about eight o'clock 
uh, or so. And plus, uh, still left on this program, we've got at least one race to take a look at, the Confederation Cup, the only uh, Grand Circuit race coming up this weekend with Wiggle and Jiggle taking on eight other foes. Uh, north of the border for $240,000. Now, Mike, uh, Wiggle and Jiggle starting from the second tier. You don't think that'll play any part of it, do you? You know, it's going to be interesting to see what Montrell does. I think he might uh, take up a pocket trip and then just kind of see where he goes from there. But it'll be interesting to see uh, what happens in the Confederation Cup at uh, Flamborough Downs. And uh, he's not facing an easy field. And he didn't face an easy field the other night at Mohawk where Nickelback provided the upset. But it will definitely be interesting to see what happens. That's coming up uh, this Saturday, isn't it? Uh, Sunday. It'll be Sunday, Sunday. race number 11. And uh, Pinkman is making his 2016 debut, Mike. And uh, that'll be interesting to see. The three-year-old male trotter of the year is in action at the Meadowlands facing some overnight competition. And that is on Friday night starting from Post 4. So we'll take a look at that. Much, much more to come uh, on this edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike presented by Bet America. We'll be right back. Embroidery Unlimited is a premier provider of quality embroidery, screen printing, and promotional products. Our commitment to quality and pride in our work is second to none. We focus on quality and customer service. For all of your stable or business needs, Embroidery Unlimited is the number one provider in harness racing. Give Jim Winsky a call at 508-485-5522. That's 508-485-5522. Or visit them on the internet at EmbroideryUNL.com. That's EmbroideryUNL.com. Embroidery Unlimited. Friends of Maryland Standard Breads is an industry support group focused on promoting harness racing in Maryland. Friends of Maryland Standard Breads works hand-in-hand with charities involving children and horses, such as the Harness Horse Youth Foundation. Friends of Maryland Standard Breads is actively involved with organizations such as the Maryland Horse Council and the Maryland Horse Industry Board, working together to promote the horse industry in Maryland. Follow Friends of Maryland Standard Breads on Twitter and like them on Facebook. This is your Maryland Minute. The Maryland Minute is brought to you by Friends of Maryland Standard Breads. Interested in learning more about racing under saddle? Now's your opportunity to attend a racing under saddle seminar May 15th at Windback Farms in Maryland. From 11 a.m. to 3 p.m., the fee is $10 and lunch is provided. Come learn more about the standard bread sport from active participants. It is an opportunity for people who are interested in racing under saddle to learn more about techniques and training. There will be demonstrations and riders will discuss the sport with seminar participants. If you have a standard bread that you plan to use for racing under saddle, you are welcome to bring the horse to the seminar. It is required to bring a riding helmet and safety vest. More details will be given upon RSVP. Please RSVP by May 6th Email Clarissa Coughlin at clarissacoughlin at gmail.com. Once again, email Clarissa at clarissacoughlin at gmail.com. Directions to the farm will be provided upon receipt of RSVP. This Racing Under Saddles seminar is sponsored by Windback Farms and Friends of Maryland Standardbreds.
All right, we're back on this edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. Mike Bozich, alongside of Mike Carter, and right now we're joined by Emma Wahlberg. It is the first of our continuing series about racing under saddle, or as they call it, Team Monty. Now, is there a difference, Emma, between the two, or is it just called something different overseas? No, it's just called Monte Overseas, and I think we're going to try to call that it over here, too, because... You know, it, it is the it is exactly the same thing. Okay. Now, for all of our listeners that may not be familiar with uh, what exactly this is, Team Monty Racing Under Saddle, can you explain to our listeners what exactly it is we're talking about here? Yeah, I mean, it is exactly the same as racing a horse in a bike, uh, but <laughs> obviously you're on top of the horse in a saddle instead of behind the horse, but it's exactly the same thing as racing a horse like a standard bread on in the race bike. That's right. It's a standard bread and you're actually uh on the saddle. Now uh is they they're not there's no paramutual for this yet, am I correct? I mean at least in the no, States. And, no, and we're trying to get it like we're trying to get an organization over here now so we can get it wagering on it and, you know, try to build it up and get it make it bigger here 'cause it's it's huge now in Europe and in France and stuff like that. So I don't see any reason why it can get big over here, too. Absolutely. And for those of you that haven't seen a Racing Under Saddle or Team Monty event, you absolutely have to check it out because it's intense. It's absolutely fun to watch. And uh, in my opinion, I think it will tank because it's just a, it's, it's a great thing, especially to watch live. Now, tell us a little bit more about uh, maybe your involvement. Let's switch gears a little bit um, and talk about yourself a little bit. How did you get involved in, in horses and, and racing and such? Um, I started to ride horses when I was like five, six years old, and I think that's why racing on the Saturday has been so close to my heart because that's how I started with horses. And I just, you know, I love the speed and the racing on the Saturday, and I think that you get a different connection with the horse in a saddle than in a race bike, and that's why that's why I like it so much. And for anybody that is interested, there is a Racing Under Saddle seminar coming up at uh, Windback Farm. And uh, I believe this is, what, the second or third one now, Emma? Uh, I'm not sure. I think it's the second one. And, yeah, it's this Sunday, and I think that everyone who's interested in this should go. And I think we'll we'll have a fun day over there. Is there any age restrictions as far like say for example if you have a standard bread that maybe is is met the age restriction of thirteen or fourteen and has to technically retire uh, from uh, racing with the sulky and back is there an age restriction to racing under saddle at all? Um, I'm actually not sure about that, but I think you can race. Emma, you there? Mike. Are you there, Emma? Emma? you there? Yeah, I'm here. Oh, there she is. We, we've got her. Okay. Well, Mike, I appreciate you yeah. coming to the rescue there, my friend. Uh, but, uh, okay, so we're talking about racing under saddle. Team Monty, talking with Emma Wahlberg. Uh, and, Emma, we certainly appreciate you joining us. Uh, is racing under saddle, or Team Monty, as you call it, is it something that is uh, caught on more overseas than it has here in the States? Uh, yeah, it is more common over there. I mean, I'm from Sweden, and I race horses over there once a week, all year round. So it's a lot bigger over there. But like I said, I don't think there's, I don't see any, any problem for it to get big over here too. No question about it. Now, how many do you have horses racing under saddle right now uh, of your own? 
Uh, yeah, me and my boyfriend have one horse that I'm going to ride this year, so uh, I'm excited about that. Okay, and where uh, – now I know there's maybe some fair races uh, that take place in New York, and I believe there's a racing under saddle event coming up at Ocean Downs. Am I correct? Coming up uh, maybe towards the end part of June? Uh, yeah, it's in the beginning of July, I believe. So, yeah, that would be a good race. And it's a good purse in that race, too, so it'll be fun. All right, and once again, for those uh, – that want to see uh, a racing under saddle event. Uh, we'll keep you up to date. It's going to be a first of our ongoing series. We're going to talk to a lot of the participants, but it's a great, great thing to see live. And uh, it's a fun, it's a fun and exciting event. Very, very intense. A little bit different than harness racing. I think our, our listenership's used to seeing harness racing. It's a little bit different, but not so much. It's a, it's a real good twist. Well, Emma, listen, we really appreciate you joining us live on this program. And good luck to you in the future. And uh, maybe we'll talk to you before the big race coming up at Ocean City. Yeah, I hope so. Thank you. All right. That was Emma Wahlberg, uh, participant in Racing Under Saddle. Uh, and uh, it's a fantastic thing, Racing Under Saddle, known as Team Monty uh, overseas. And, uh, Mike, have you ever had a chance to see one of these events live and up close? Not in person, no. It would be definitely interesting to see. I know they did it in – or they've done it in Canada, and they've had a couple of paramutual races. So it'll be interesting to see uh, to see it in person and live. And, heck, I'd love to bet on it. Well, no question. Maybe you will be in the next couple of years. We'll have to wait and see uh, what happens with that. We've got plenty more left on this program. Mike, the voice, Roger Houston, is going to join us right at the top of the hour. He is a post-time with Mike and Mike Award winner, and he's going to talk to us a little bit about uh, his announcing career uh, as well as some of his uh, fine moments. He's, uh, we know he's got stories to tell, Mike. We absolutely know he does. Uh, he's been in so many different booths, and as a matter of fact, something I'm going to ask Roger about coming up is uh, the fact that he is going to be, and I, 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 I don't want to uh, paraphrase this. Well, I'm going to anyway because uh, it's such an, a tremendous accomplishment, but I don't know if it's actually right. I think three countries in 15 days maybe. Is, is something so. if I remember correctly, that that's unbelievable. That has to be a record, and uh, we'll uh, have to ask Roger uh, exactly what's going on with that. But uh, we're going to take a timeout. When we come back, we're going to prep everybody for uh, Roger Houston. We still have a lot more to come. We're going to talk a little bit about the Confederation Cup, as well as Pinkman making his 2016 debut on the racetrack this Friday coming up at the Meadowlands. You've got Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Ben America. Hello, this is Kayla Stra, and I'm here to tell you all about BetAmerica.com. It is the fastest growing legal, safe, and secure website to place all your bets on horse racing. BetAmerica covers over 200 racetracks from North America, the UK, and my home country, Australia. New players to BetAmerica receive a 100% bonus on your first deposit up to $300. That's the best sign-up bonus available today. It's time to play the BetAmerica way. Here at The Stable, our mission is to provide fair market for owners of yearlings while giving investors the most informative way to purchase all of or part of a horse. The Stable will cater to all budgets by having an open fractional buying market and a flat rate billing system. At The Stable, we aim to minimize the risk in buying and maximize the benefit of selling. Visit thestable.ca or give Anthony McDonald a call at 519-400-4263. That's 519-400-4263. It's thestable.ca. 
post time with Mike and Mike, Mike Carter alongside of Mike Bozich. And post time with Mike and Mike is presented by America. Well, Mike, normally we are a 100% positive uh, group as far as harness racing goes, but we we, we seen a drilling article uh, a couple of days ago. And Mike, uh, the question of where you draw the line uh, in rating as far as naming goes and things of that sort is uh, come up and, uh, you know, we uh, we both have talked about this and felt the need to bring it up and discuss it. Yeah, I really think so. And, you know, this is, uh, I mean, listen, you've got he said, she said in this whole deal. And, and I, we're not going to get into that. But what I'm going to get into, what I'd like to bring up, uh, and once again, for those of you that don't know, uh, there was a, a contest that was put on by Harness Link. And it was uh, name Sidney Weaver's uh, horse. Of course, everybody knows Sydney Weaver uh, up in Canada. Great, great girl, great person. And uh, so the name of the horse, the contest winner, uh, was Only God Knows Why. Is that right, Mike? That was the that was the name. Yep, Only God Knows Why. Uh, only Only God Knows Why, and it was rejected uh, by Standard Bread Canada because of the thought that it may offend people. Um, and you know, I guess the point is is that where do you draw the line in this whole thing uh, as far as what offends people? And I'll just give you a couple examples. And once again, I'm not choosing sides here. I, I'm not going to choose sides. I'm going to let the whole process play out, and, and uh, they can do whatever they want. But let me just give you a couple of examples. Guns, okay? Gun is a very, very common uh, name of a harness horse. There's guns in, in a lot of different harness horse names that I've announced over my the 14 or 15 years I've been doing this. Now, if you want to be technical, guns, and it depends, I guess, on what side of the political spectrum you're on, but uh, guns are responsible for deaths. I mean, guns are killing machines. That's, that's what they are. They, guns are made to kill people, kill animals, kill whatever, okay? And you've got a point here where can guns be offensive to people? I mean, if, you've, if you had somebody that uh, was killed by a gun, uh, could guns be offensive to people? Let's take it another angle. You've got alcohol. You've got scotch in horses' names. You've got uh, – I, I called a horse the other day at Harris, Philadelphia that had vodka in his name. And uh, listen, alcohol has, has been responsible for a, a lot of destruction of families. It has been responsible for a lot of deaths. It has been responsible for DUIs. There are rehab centers all over the place dealing with the issue of alcoholism. Can alcohol uh, in a name's horse – in a horse's name – could that be offensive to people? You know, there was a horse about Mike about uh, I want to say ten or fifteen years ago. It was a horse uh, that raced in the Chicagoland area, and the horse was called the Unabomber. Now, for anybody that don't know who the Unabomber was, the Unabomber was a guy by the name of uh, Ted Kaczynski, if my memory serves me correct, uh, a guy that was uh, responsible for domestic terrorism, mailing out bombs or whatever he was doing, and he's serving four lifetime uh, sentences, four consecutive lifetime sentences. He'll never get out of jail again. And there was a horse named after him, and that got through. So could that be offensive to people? My question is, is where do you draw the line? I don't know the answer. Obviously, I don't know the answer. I'm not going to pretend to know the answer, but all I'm saying, Mike, is uh, where do you draw the line on this whole thing? And uh, really, that's my question, Mike. 
Yeah, that, that's really, uh, you know, all we wanted to bring up is, you know, and it's it's a topic to bring up for discussion, not necessarily, like I said, like we said before, we're not necessarily choosing sides. We, 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 we're trying to spark a little bit of positive discussion that can come out of this because uh, it's definitely um, separated a lot of people over the past couple of days. I mean, I've looked at, you know, different comments and what have you, and, uh, you know, it, it's an interesting topic, and I think it's one that uh, that needs to be addressed. Yeah, I certainly think so. And and like I say, it's hard to have these discussions without people feeling, uh, feeling very emotionally attached one side or the other. And that's what you see on social media. I mean, people are either pro or against. Now, the older I've gotten, I've realized that there are two sides to every story. And I realize that, that maybe both parties have a point, And I think there may be some common ground somewhere. But uh, like I say, you know, when we're seeing this uh, we're seeing this play out in our nation's politics right now, Mike. This is a real, real big issue uh, about political correctness. And, uh, you know, not to get too politically involved, but some may say that's why Donald Trump is, uh, could very well be on his way to the presidency because of, of things like this. But I, I don't know. I, I, like I say, I just I think there has to be a solid line somewhere of where we can draw the line. Where that is, I don't know. I'll let the powers to be, uh, you know, in the, in the people with the with the degrees and all that, figure that out. But uh, I do think that there has to be a line drawn somewhere, Mike. Yeah, definitely. I completely agree. All right. Well, without further ado, it's time to bring on the one, the only Roger Houston. He is the voice of harness racing, as I like to call him. Roger, we certainly appreciate you joining us, my friend. Thank you for uh, taking time out again. Uh, it's a pleasure always to be with you guys. Now, Roger, when you are a post-time with Mike and Mike Award winner, by the way, and when we had you on the show a couple of months ago, by the way, back in December now, but uh, when we had you on the show back when it was about 10 degrees, we really didn't have a chance to sit down with you and, and talk with you uh, about some of uh, you know your experiences growing up and being an announcer back in the old days. So we're going to start from the very beginning. How did you get started in the industry? In the old days... Well, well, I shouldn't say in the old days. <laughs> Did I say in the old days for crying out loud? You talk about political correctness. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Go ahead, no, Roger. I do not mind that. I wear that with a badge of honor. <laughs> and you should very well, my friend, because you've certainly built a story career. But uh, t- take, a- take us back when. Way back when. Well... I started going hey, to the horse races. Hey, listen, races. I didn't say way back when this time. I said back when. <laughs> well, way back when, I guess it was probably 1953, believe it or not. At the age of 11, my uncle got the job at Lebanon Raceway as the announcer. And so every night uh, after school, I'd meet him at his house around 5.30 or so and ride with him to Lebanon Raceway and uh, go to the races and such. And uh, then when I was about 16, I wanted to buy a motorcycle, and uh, my parents wouldn't let me, so they bought me an old 15-year-old brood mare that I uh, would take to the fairgrounds and jog and train and race in the little brown jug around the Greene County Fairgrounds there in Xenia, and just had a great time. We bred her uh, two or three times and had foals, and the uh, day I graduated from high school, decided I was going to go to Wilmington College. A gentleman by the name of Mike Moran, who owned a paint company in Xenia, had uh, and, uh, used his stallion, Waybloom, to breed to this Emily Martin. 
and he had kept track of all the money I'd spent over those three or four years and wrote me out a check for $8,000, and that paid for my college education. Uh, In the meantime, a senior in high school, I announced uh, races at a matinee in Wilmington, Ohio, and from that I got five county fairs in Ohio in 1960, and right on down the pike from there. The one thing I will say that I emphasize, I spoke the other day at Bethany College to their communications department, and I stressed to them that in your lifetime, you're going to come to a bunch of whys in the road, and hopefully you make the right turn to go to the right or to go to the left. I truly feel every turn I came to in my entire life, I made the right turn. Uh, just everything kind of fell into place, and uh, I'm totally happy with uh, everything that I've accomplished and, and the future, the way it holds for me, and, and even in the next uh, couple, three years maybe. Now, Roger, you've called uh, at just about everywhere, and um, I know you're, you've got a little bit of a trip coming up to our friends in Virginia mm-hmm. where uh, I've been calling the fair uh, at the Shenandoah County Fair uh, for the last couple of years, and you're going to make a stop down there for the Pair Mutual, uh, Mutual time, correct? Yeah, they, they're calling it uh, Shenandoah Downs, and it's at the Woodstock uh, County Fairgrounds, and they, they brought Greg Coon in to recondition the racetrack, and they're going to race uh, – five straight weekends, Saturday and Sundays, in uh, late uh, uh, September and early October. And I think the dates for my appearance down there is like October 1st and 2nd. It's a Saturday, Sunday. Uh, But before that, uh, I've still got some other places to visit this year. We're going up to Hiawatha Horse Park on August the 6th. We'll be at Leamington Raceway in Canada on August the 7th, and of course our annual trip to Dublin Island at Port Marnock for the Vincent Delaney Memorial. We'll be leaving on August the 10th and coming home the 15th. So that and announcing at the Meadows and County Fairs, Little Brown Jug uh, makes for a busy schedule. Visiting with Roger Houston, the voice of Harness Racing. Roger, when you were growing up, is there anybody uh, when you were young in your announcing career that you looked up to and, and kind of got pointers from, or did you kind of just uh, get this uh, whole thing going on your own? No, it was one of those whys that came into the, um, on the highway in front of me. Uh, of course, it was my uncle who had, I'd gone to the races with uh, all the time and he got me my first job and uh, got me started. He had one style of announcing, but I'd also listened many times to Charlie Hinkle, called the Little Brown Jug and uh, various other racetracks and some county fairs in Ohio, and he had a totally different style, and I chose the style of Charlie Hinkle over the style of my uncle, and uh, I'm happy with that choice, and uh, basically, uh, it's the same style I had in 1960. I'm still doing it in 2016. Now, Roger, you've called uh, a ton of racehorses in your career, and one that <laughs> sticks out to me that you had to help me with uh, a couple of weeks ago is a horse by the name of Un Fodans Mavi. And I had never seen this horse before in my life. And I, I had to reach out, for those of you who've never seen this horse before, I had to reach out to Roger because he was racing here at Northfield. 
And I looked at the name and I went, this just looks like a bunch of letters on a piece of paper. <laughs> how do you, uh, how do you come, or how do you come up with some of the pronunciations for that? Obviously we knew it was French at the time, but uh, how, well, how do you uh, prepare for stuff like that? We first had that horse in Delaware, Ohio, believe it or not. And um, I think I asked uh, Sam McGee at that time, uh, I think the horse had raced at the Meadowlands, how to pronounce it. And he basically told me and, uh, then I've had other people say, well, that's not the totally correct pronunciation. So you almost have to do, I, I, I don't speak French, so I can't give it the French twang or anything like that, but will be, uh, we go with it and uh, there's no problem. But sometimes those are not the uh, hard ones to call. Some of the other horses' names are even more uh, uh, difficult than uh, uh, something like that. But uh, when they when they go to the the uh, foreign pronunciations, that that does create some problems. Visiting live with Roger Houston now, Roger, tell us a little bit about the secret to stamina. And I'm going to be perfectly honest with you: you sound as good now in 2016 as you've done back in the the early 90s, late 80s. Is there any kind of secret? I mean, do you have any? Do you drink any kind of herbal tea or anything to to keep everything going full steam? Diet Coke. Uh, I always have my Diet Coke with me. Uh, Hall's Eucalyptus Cough Drops. Uh, it does wonders when you've got a sore throat or congested or something like that. Uh, I have the ability to you know, have a cough drop in my mouth and still put it off to the side and still call in, uh, in a regular way. But those are probably the only two things that I really do that uh, uh, to help my voice. As as, as you get older, uh, yeah, uh, you have difficulty. But I've been very fortunate that even after a 14 or a 15 race card, where on the last race or so it may get a little gravelly uh, during the night sleeping and getting ready for the next day, uh, voice comes back strong as ever. So. We really haven't had too many problems with our voice over the years. And how many different racetracks and what number uh, race calls are you up to now? Well, the, when we add the three this year, uh, that'll be 137 different uh, venues. Uh, race calls either this coming, no, not this coming, but next Saturday, a week from this Saturday, or the following Monday, I should reach 172,000. Uh, uh, we're doing around, oh, I guess somewhere around 25, 26, 2700 races a year. That is unbelievable. That's terrific. Now, Roger, real quick, talk a little bit about going overseas. Uh, <laughs> I know we know you do the Delaney Memorial over there now. Talk about what that experience is like. I'll tell you. Um, whether it be Australia, Sweden, Norway, Finland, Wales, or Dublin, Ireland, they're all basically the same. The folks in those countries love harness racing. And in some instances, like in, in Wales and Ireland, uh, might have seven or eight horses in a race, only two horses get money. The others, they don't have the purses that we have here in the States. But believe me, those those people in those foreign countries are as dedicated to uh, harness racing as uh, anybody is here in the United States or Canada. Uh, 
it's great to be around them. They reinvigorate you uh, to see their attitude on harness racing. And, of course, I like to talk, so it's uh, constantly people coming up to you and asking you questions and things like that. And uh, it's a great uh, fan interaction that I have and things like that with them. And uh, even though this will be my third year in uh, Ireland, there will be new experiences again this year, I'm sure. Now, Roger, the one thing I notice you say uh, a lot is, uh, you know, we've called, uh, you know, so many races and we've been here. It's so great to to see how you resonate with the family. I mean, I've seen you at the Little Brown Jug and to see the people that just come up to you and just, you know, just to say hello or, you know, how much you've inspired them. It's uh, It's got to be pretty awesome uh, feeling-wise. Uh, it's it's the greatest feeling in the world, believe me, when I tell you that. But it, it was a little embarrassing when I would take my young daughter uh, to Delaware or something like that. And, of course, when she was all 10, 11 years old and would go with me and such, she couldn't understand why in the world anybody wants her dad's autograph, you know. Uh, and I think uh, all people that – uh, get in the, that, that business, uh, whether it be announcing horse races or uh, pro basketball players or whoever, their children just do not understand uh, where their parents were not a celebrity. And for me, getting started at the county fair level, I think, has kind of kept me with a very level head. Uh, I'm rooted in the county fairs. And I've always uh, known the little guy in the business. I didn't get, I didn't start right out and announce races at uh, uh, Red Mile or Pompano Park. I did as many as 17 county fairs in Ohio, and I think that is the the utmost way for a person to get started in announcing races is on that low end, uh, different fairgrounds, different people different horses and drivers and such, and uh, it gives you a good, solid background to get ready for a paramutual meet. Visiting live with Roger Houston. Roger, got a couple more questions for you. Going to switch gears a little bit uh, because we know you've you've obviously been involved with racing, uh, announcing and beyond. What do you think harness racing has to do to be successful going forward to the new generation? I wish I could be positive. But I don't like where I see things are going. Uh, the decoupling issue down in Florida, uh, it, that's not over, and they're going to have to live with that again next year. Uh, we've had problems here in Pennsylvania. Uh, the state taking money away from the horsemen and uh, putting it in other venues and stuff. Other states have had the same problem. There's very little racing anymore in Illinois. There's very little racing in Michigan. Um, it's not a a bright picture. And I don't know what we can do to do it. It, it, You've got to get the fans to the racetrack. Now, back in, let's say, when I first came to the Meadows in 1976, we'd have a lot of people show up at the racetrack. We'd have crowds of four and 5,000 a night who would be there on a Saturday night or something. It's, yeah, in, those it's, uh, days, in, in those days, around the meadows, there was only three or four restaurants within five miles anyways around the meadows. 
So our clubhouse was packed almost every night. Now there's 35 restaurants within a mile and a half of the meadows. We'd have one movie theater. Now there's five theaters with 15 screens in each theater. There's so much more competition today that uh, I don't know that we'll ever get back to the point of a fan base that we had back in the in the 70s and uh, well the 60s and the 70s because it started going downhill. Uh, the only thing we've had full card simulcasting, we've had uh, wagering for, by telephone. It was just like a roller coaster ride. You'd go up for a while, and then it would start coming down, and you had to come up with something new to bring the, the figures back up. It's the same way with the money from the slot machines and the casinos. We were on a roller coaster high going up, and then at a certain point you start going down again, and you've got to find another way to go back up. Uh, Ohio right now is having a tremendous increase, but they're going up on the roller coaster. But mark my word, even in the Buckeye State, that roller coaster will start going downhill in two or three years. And anything can change in harness racing when you have the casinos and the racetracks with one vote in the legislature. That's all has to happen. It's just one vote in the legislature, and everything, the whole ball game can be changed. Um, I wish I had the the magic uh, reason to increase uh, our sport and such, but I do know one thing: we've got to get to the younger generation, and that's why I think the Harness Horse Youth Foundation. I think. Uh, uh, the job that our Meadow Standard Bread Owners Association here at the Meadows and Heather Wilder are doing do great trying to uh, get new fans involved, new ownership and things like that. But uh, it's going to be a very hard task to continue an, an upward trend. Yeah, it's certainly an uphill battle, but uh, I got to tell you, I got to give you guys credit. I mean, the Facebook Live thing is tremendous. I mean, Chris and Heather are out there doing that, and and it's really, really a, a great thing to see. I mean, they take you behind the scenes, and, and it's it's really a fantastic thing. Roger, looking ahead, uh, what's, what's upcoming for uh, Roger Houston? What's left to accomplish? Uh, it sounds kind of morbid. But if uh, I was to die tomorrow, my life has been complete. I couldn't have asked for any better life. I've been able to uh, only have to carry out groceries, uh, have a newspaper route, and work part-time at a radio station. The rest of the time, I've lived the life of a harness race announcer at various racetracks all over the United States and seven countries. And it's been a great life. And... Uh, what tomorrow holds, hey, the beginning of this year, I thought I was going to announce all the races that I had from last year. But look at look at this year. I'm going to Hiawatha, I'm going to Leamington, and I'm going to Woodstock, Virginia. So what holds next year? Who knows, but we'll be there if we can. Roger, not only are you the greatest announcer in the sport, but you are the true Iron Man of the sport. You just get stronger as the race gets longer. Roger, we certainly appreciate you joining us on this program, and we'll catch up with you again really soon. Gentlemen, it's always a pleasure to be with you and uh, continue success on Mike and Mike. All right. That was uh, the voice of the Meadows, voice of the Little Brown Jug, the voice of harness racing, Roger Houston. And uh, 
I'll tell you one thing great about talking to Roger is uh, Roger's going to tell he's going to tell it like it is, and it's great to to catch up with Roger every once in a while, not only to hear his stories but his thoughts about uh, harness racing and uh, the sport in general, Mike. Yeah, definitely. He's got a ton of great stories. And Mike, I I could sit and listen to Roger for hours upon hours upon hours. It's just, it's amazing. uh, Some of the stories he could tell. And it'll be nice too. real quick. I want to throw this in there. I'll be at Shenandoah. uh, I think doing the fair in August, it'll be nice to share an announcer's booth with him as well. Well, certainly. And obviously in my opinion, one of the greatest moments, not only in harness racing, Mike, but in sports, uh, was the whole, you know, you better get, if you're not on your feet, you better get up now. It was one of the greatest, greatest moments in all of sports because that statement just speaks volumes. It speaks volumes without going any further. And, you know, the, the, the jug crowd went, went crazy and, uh, it's a it's a it's a great great moment uh, in the voice of harness racing continues to go strong, Roger Houston. When we come back, we'll uh, wrap this thing up. We uh, still have a couple more things left on the docket. We're still going to talk a little bit about the Confederation Cup, wiggle it, jiggle it's in action, and the uh, Grand Circuit's one and only race of the weekend. Pinkman is also making his 2016 debut at the Meadowlands coming up on Friday, and we'll talk about those couple of events and a little bit more when we come back. We'll take a final time out. On Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. The New Vocations Racehorse Adoption Program places retired racehorses into approved monitored homes and transitions them into second careers. New Vocations has placed over 350 retired standard breads the past three years. They are now accepting horses from all racetracks in the United States. New Vocations has facilities in Ohio, Kentucky, and Pennsylvania and is expanding to New York. To learn more, visit newvocations.org and on Facebook at New Vocations Racehorse Adoption Program. Welcome back to Post Time with Mike and Mike. Mike Carter alongside of Mike Bozich and Mike, it's been a, it has been one heck of a show. We've hit just about uh, all of our topics. I'll tell you what, Mike, I think it was last week, we hit just about every topic in harness racing you could. We went from mutuals to on the front side to the back side and all over the place. And, uh, Mike, our good friends at Bet America have done a fa- fantastic job uh, supporting us over the past couple of weeks. And you can check out all of our episodes on The Barn. It's the Bet America Radio Network. And we're actually going to sit down with Jason Beam uh, just after this show and uh, do an interview with him. Yeah, catch the Beamer show, by the way. You talk about an entertaining show. That is a fantastic show. And and uh, <laughs> we know our, our crowd is uh, harness racing uh, related, but, uh, you know, he talks thoroughbreds. But a very entertaining show. Uh, and uh, he takes a little bit of a lighter side of, approach to uh, his program. So check out the Beamer show. That's on uh, the Bet America Rating Net- Racing Network. And uh, by the way, a special thanks to all of our guests uh, that uh, joined us here today. And also, 
a very special thank you to our sponsors. We're going to be doing some more giveaways, uh, most of them uh, sponsored by our good friends at Embroidery Unlimited. Give Jim Winsky a call. He does terrific work. Some of the hat, as a matter of fact, you saw the, the hat that uh, Jordan Stratton was sporting, the hat that Garnett Barnsdale was uh, sporting. Uh, those are all made by Embroidery Unlimited, just fantastic quality work. So make sure you check them out. We're also going to be having some uh, more giveaways. Our good friend Winnie Nima sent us some Little Brown Jug stuff uh, from uh, New Vocations. So we're going to have some giveaways coming up uh, courtesy of New Vocations uh, the next couple of weeks. And Embroidery Unlimited because uh, I checked out some of the stuff and they're made by Embroidery Unlimited, Mike. So hats off to Embroidery Unlimited, New Vocations, Friends of Maryland Standard Breads, uh, certainly Bet America. Uh, the stable.ca, all the great sponsors that we have. And uh, quite frankly, if it wasn't for them, Mike, we probably wouldn't be sitting here right now. Yeah, definitely. Uh, all of our great sponsors have done a fantastic job with supporting us. The USTA, we got to thank them as well, Harness Racing Fan Zone. Uh, we're just so thankful for all of the support everybody in racing has given us. Uh, you know, it, it's hard to trust in this sport, Mike, and uh, people have really taken us under uh, their wing and uh, have really helped us out to uh, get started. Yeah, it's uh, been a ter- terrific, terrific thing. We certainly appreciate all the support given to us uh, by all uh, the entities of Harness Racing. Well, Mike, I think it's time before we wrap this thing up, we should take a look at the Confederation Cup final. Uh, it's uh, race number 11 on the Sunday program at Flamborough. That'll give you something to do Sunday nights. Sunday nights can get a little uh, – but you've got Hawthorne going too, and uh, you've got a couple of other tracks. I think Pocono's going too, and uh, – uh, the Meadows, I think, has some Pennsylvania sire stakes. That's one of the things I wanted to ask Roger about Pennsylvania sire stakes action. Uh, some good horses uh, coming up. I believe those are on Saturday. And I do think there's uh, some Pennsylvania all-star action on Sunday at Pocono. But the Confederation Cup, anyway, race number 11, Wiggle It, Jiggle It, uh, will have to start from post position number nine. This horse finished second last time out to Nickelbag, was uh, raced first over, uh, had a little bit of a tough uh, middle half, and uh, Nickelbag was uh, just able to gun him down. State Treasurer was making his 2016 debut in that particular race as well. The Canadian Horse of the Year finished third. So, hey, props to Nickelback. He beat the uh, United States Horse of the Year and the Canadian Horse of the Year in that last race at uh, Mohawk, Mike. But uh, we talked a little bit off the air about uh, this field. And one thing about this field, first of all, it's a half-mile track. Anything could happen. You've got Wiggle starting from the second tier. And you've got a horse, Mike, uh, one of uh, a couple of Ron Burke horses in here that is starting from post four named Rock and Ron that is a perfect nine for nine here in 2016. Yeah, definitely. This race is going to be a uh, a fun one to watch, to say the least. In fact, the whole Flamborough card is going to be uh, a lot of fun to watch. But like you said, Wiggle It, Jiggle It having to come from post nine is going to be uh, a little bit, uh, in my opinion, it's a little bit difficult. And I'll tell you why. He's going to have, he's a speed horse. He likes to leave a little bit. But Mike, he's also proven that he can, um, that he can, uh, you know, set off the pace and kind of come flying late. Uh, Rockin' in Heaven is here for Dr. Ian Moore, but Rockin' Ron is an interesting horse who's nine for nine this season, has a mark of 150 and one at Miami Valley, and has been racing really well. Yannick Jengrau is going to go up and drive uh, Rockin' Ron for trainer Ron Burke. So it'll be fun to see uh, what happens, Rockin' Ron. Another interesting horse, Mike, that I uh, am looking at is my hero, Ron. There's two two Rons in this field. So uh, best of luck to Gary Guy, who's going to call this race, because he's got two Rons and a, a Rodeo Romeo on the inside. But uh, Rockin' in Heaven is a horse that you really got to have to watch out for as well. 
And a horse that I've saw or I've seen a couple of times here at Harris Philadelphia, Rock and Roll World, has looked very, very sharp at his first two races. Uh, one of three Ron Burke horses uh, in the particular race won uh, 51 and 51 and one uh, to uh, start his uh, four-year-old campaign. Has to start in post eight. Obviously, that's going to be a very, very tough scenario for him. But uh, nonetheless, this could be a little bit dicey for Wiggle at Jiggle. And I think he's still. Uh, I don't want to. He's the best horse in the race. Let's put it that way. However, you know, one to five. I mean, if you're if you're a gambler, maybe uh, kind of like we said last week. I mean, if you're if you're a gambler, maybe try to go somewhere else. But uh, you know, I mean, Wiggle It Jiggle It is the best horse in this race, and uh, we'll see how he fares in the second tip. Yeah, definitely. Uh, maybe I'll have to get my show bets down on him to uh, you know. To, to there is show betting, the Mike. There there is show betting, by the way. I have to there get is my show betting. It starts, and by the way, it starts the late daily double. And uh, let's see, is that on the back end of a pick three or pick four or anything? Let's um, see. Uh, yeah, it's uh, the yeah, it's the third leg of a pick four. And yeah, that pick you. four, by the way, is a ten thousand dollar guaranteed pool. So, you know, hey, everybody wants to know how can we make money wagering on the favorites. And if you got to put the favorites in, we'll keep them in a pick four and put some long shots in and some other legs. That sounds good to me. So uh, some wagering opportunities here, even if you like Wiggly Chigla to win that race, Mike. Yeah, yeah, definitely. There's a lot of great wagering opportunities at Flamboro Downs. That's coming up this Sunday uh, where you're going to see Wiggle It Jiggle It take on the Confederation Cup. Well, Mike, we've got a big uh, race coming up at Northfield Park next week in the Battle of Lake Erie. And, Mike, we're actually going to have the uh, post-position draw. We're going to be tweeting those out as they happen from the Northfield Park race office. So uh, we're all getting excited here in Cleveland for that. But uh, not not meaning to switch gears, but it's gonna that's another uh, great race for uh, older horses. Oh, certainly. Absolutely. As a matter of fact, and as the weeks build up, Mike, the action is going to get more and more intense and it's going to be fantastic. And, uh, you know, you've got all these great horses coming back in 2015 uh, that are going to uh, be vying with each other. And uh, especially uh, the collision course that's going to happen eventually between always be Mickey and wiggle it, jiggle it. it it's going to be tremendous. This crop of uh, three-year-olds now turned four is uh, just been unbelievable. By the way, Mike, Race six coming up Friday night at the Meadowlands. Uh, Pinkman is going to be involved starting from post position number four. Uh, he's making his uh, four-year-old debut after that uh, nearly $2 million season uh, as a three-year-old, uh, including uh, a Breeders' Crown uh, heartbreak to the bank, who, uh, if you look at that race, boy, just missed by a neck. Uh, but uh, was just on a tear up until that point, uh, multiple stakes winner. And uh, he's uh, had back-to-back qualifiers, 55 and 53 and 4, uh, both with sub-28 closes. And uh, but I'll tell you what, he meets a little bit of an interesting field, uh, Mike. We talked about this horse called Jules and Hawk, who uh, was a New York Sire Stakes uh, winner uh, in 56 and 3. Uh, was able to beat Barndahl, a horse I know that you're pretty crazy on, and he's coming off a double yeah. qualifier as well for trainer Linda Toscano. Uh, and there's some, uh, you know, a couple other decent horses in there. Crosby's Clambakes, a war-torn veteran, and uh, so is B-Yo-Yo. So, uh, I don't know. Maybe it won't be all uh, gravy for Pinkman at 3-5 to five making his uh, 2016 debut, but we'll have to wait and see. That's Friday night, Mike, uh, coming up in race 6. And uh, I don't know if you want to talk about Pinkman for a second, but I did want to uh, – Talk about this horse that uh, we talked about off the other uh, race at Harris Philly today before we get before we uh, close it up. Of course, up. yeah, go ahead, yeah, go for it. We're going to talk about Dason a little. Uh, I think we both have had the luxury of calling this horse. And uh, Mike, tell us what Dason did uh, today at Harris Philadelphia. 
Well, let me get you, let me give you a little bit of an off the air story, okay? So I'm telling Mike Carter before the show. I said you don't believe that you won't believe this horse I saw at Harris Philadelphia today, and uh, I said I this horse is coming out of nowhere, and I'll guarantee he's going to make some waves here in 2016. And Mike Carter goes, "Who, Dason?" So anyway, Mike Carter knew about this horse long before I've even discovered this horse uh, when he was racing for uh, Howie Acusco and the New York Sires Stinks. But uh, by the way, he raced. He made his uh, three-year-old debut today as a trotter uh, for uh, trainer Ron Burke and driver Yannick Shingro. made his 2016 debut today at Harris, Philadelphia, and uh, was about two or three-fifths of a second off the track record uh, for uh, three-year-old trotters, uh, and he was under wraps i mean completely under wraps so uh i was uh and i should have i, I kind of escaped my mind but i should have got a quote uh, from trainer ron burke about this particular horse and i may before the press release goes out to the usta but uh fantastic win for dason and uh, a horse that you certainly have to keep an eye out for here in 2016 a very very impressive debut yeah definitely well mike uh we we've hit just about every uh every topic i think we meant to care yeah, every topic that we meant to carry on. Apparently, the dogs are uh, dogs are chasing <laughs> off the back porch. Huh? <laughs> hey, who, who let the dogs out? They're probably running from the trains. That, that's right. Well, Mike, uh, it's been a lot of fun this week. Now, next week uh, on the show, uh, we start at seven o'clock. But Mike, uh, I'm going to be uh, sort of taking a, a little bit of an absence. I have to work uh, work next Thursday night. So, uh, well, listen. Uh, hey, listen. When the cat hey, when the cats are away, the mice will play. We're gonna have a, we got a fantastic show lined up for you. It's gonna be a big party, Mike. So when you're not home, we're gonna be tearing the house down here on Post Time with Mike and Mike. Uh, so uh, no, I, I, we've uh, we've got one guest confirmed. We'll release it a little bit later on. We're gonna have it stacked full of guests. Maybe we'll have a special guest host. Who knows? Uh, but uh, that's next Thursday coming up at Post Time with Mike and Mike. And uh, we're gonna be on the Beamer Show on the Bet America Radio Network. Uh, so make sure you check that out. And check his show out anyway, because uh, he's a thoroughbred guy. But you know what? It's a very entertaining, very entertaining program. I have a really good time listening to it. Yeah, definitely. It's a lot of fun to listen to uh, Jason and that show. I've actually checked out a couple of episodes, and they're quite comical, some of them. So it'd be, uh, they're definitely worth the checking out. Well, Mike, for Mike Bozich, I'm Mike Carter. We thank you so much for joining us here on Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. We're very long into overtime, but thanks for sticking out with us. We'll see you next Thursday with the first post of 7 o'clock. Good night.